Welcome to the Small Nonprofit Podcast with down-to-earth practical advice on how to get things done in your small organization. You are going to change the world and we can help. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Anya McGlynn. Hello. So before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to share this great um, review we got on iTunes, this one in the States for all of our American listeners. Um, Alejandro wrote, I just found this podcast and I fell in love. Thanks for all the amazing advice. Alejandro, thank you. We are, uh, I know, uh, we love the great feedback and it means so much to us that you are um, getting value from the podcast. So please, if you haven't already rated and reviewed, uh, it helps other people find the podcast. So if you're finding it helpful, chances are they will too. So uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It also makes us feel less like we're droning on into the void. So (laughs) it's really great. We love hearing from you all. Exactly. So today's uh, podcast episode, I'm so excited about. It's part one of four. um, And this is all about Facebook. And specifically, the first three are about Facebook advertising. um, And then the last one will be about Facebook fundraising. Uh, but today we are giving you with Sarah Ali, uh, really the basics, Facebook advertising 101. Like, yeah, this is essential. I think a lot of, uh, a lot of us find ourselves kind of intimidated, um, when, uh, when you, you go in and start creating an ad, um, there's, I remember the first time I did it, I was like, oh, this is way over my head. And I just started like clicking things and like, God knows what I produced. Um, <laughs> so I feel like if anybody's uh, ready to experiment, uh, don't use my approach. Um, <laughs> probably fo- follow Sarah's advice um, and you'll end up with, uh, with a much better ad. Yeah. And the thing is like Facebook and other social uh, media tools can be so effective in helping you reach your goals, but you have to be deliberate and strategic with them. And so just posting on social media without a goal um, isn't going to do much for your organization. And the same way like boosting a post can be... can feel like money down the toilet because you don't have it set up properly. And so what Sarah talks about is really foundational, like understanding your audiences and how to target specific people, understanding your goals, uh, and really, you know, navigating that Facebook ads platform. And then as we go forward, we'll talk a little bit more about how to leverage that basic understanding into specific uh, campaigns, maybe your first ever Facebook campaign that will help you attract either new donors or steward and engage your existing donors. There's so much we need to talk about here. Yeah, that's right. And, and, you know, I think, um, sometimes we, we jump right to like, okay, how do I run a Facebook campaign that will drive donations? But, you know, even if uh, to your point, Cindy, you know, your objective is, is, uh, clearly established that this is just about getting more people to like your page or sort of engage with posts. That's all really important on the continuum of (laughs) building community that ultimately uh, will be more effectively solicited. So, Exactly. You know, so even if, if this is not like, okay, I'm, you know, I know I'm going to generate thousands of dollars from this Facebook campaign, mm-hmm. but rather, you know, um, a hundred new likes, like, like set those, those sort of measurable specific goals. And, um, and I feel like, uh, you know, your, your return on your investment is, is going to feel, um, a lot better. 
Exactly. So with that, let definitely grab a pen, um, put this on repeat because Sarah literally gives you step-by-step instructions. Um, she is a fantastic expert and I know that you are going to get so much out of this episode. So uh, let me introduce Sarah Ali, who is a nonprofit digital strategist with eight years of experience campaigning for social change. Um, she's an expert at translating stakeholder needs into integrated multi-channel fundraising, mm-hmm. marketing, and advocacy solutions with proven ROI. She's a bit of a geek. Um, super like me. Good. Like all of us, we love this. <laughs> she understands all the the back end and technology that go into making sure that these campaigns are successful. Um, but she also brings a wealth of experience in relationship building and face to face monthly donor acquisitions and sales, having formed women's collectives, built anti Islamophobia campaigns, and played a key role in the in university divestment movements. Please join us in welcoming Sarah. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Cindy. I'm so excited. Uh, We actually met for the first time when you were a student at the fundraising program at Humber. I actually remember you sitting in the class that I came to speak at, uh, and I'm so impressed to see how far you've you've come. Uh, But you and I, over the, the years, have talked a lot about digital uh, presence for organizations and specifically Facebook advertising, which is what we're going to talk about today. Um, and one of the things we see organizations really struggle with is like when, well, just understanding Facebook fundraising and why it might be or not be a good investment of their time and resources. Can you talk a little bit about some of the questions we should be asking ourselves when we're thinking about this? Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, our sector is incredibly risk averse and it makes sense that we are that way. Uh, We rely on donor dollars and we rely on public trust in order to achieve our missions, especially in a small nonprofit. So when the question of Facebook or any other tech comes up, we have to ask ourselves, why? Why should we adopt something new? Um, And is it something that is going to provide long-term revenue, impact, or growth for our organizations? Mm -hmm. So when, you know, we start to ask the questions about new platforms, one of which is Facebook, we then come across you know, the, the real nuts and bolts, which are why, why might one invest in Facebook advertising? Mm-hmm. And Cindy, the clearest and easiest answer is just that your donors are spending their time on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So let me break this down for you. I have a couple stats here. Worldwide, there are something like 1.5 billion active Facebook users. Mm-hmm. Canadians are actually the most active Facebook users in the world. So what that means is that our donors, our constituents, our, uh, you know, our potential uh, new members of our list and folks that we're looking to advertise to or to bring on side are using Facebook, checking Facebook on their mobile devices, uh, and actually spending something like seven hours a week on the platform itself. In marketing, we often talk about using the right message to the right audience at the right time and in the right place. And the numbers really speak for themselves. Facebook 
really is the right place to reach your donors and to reach your community. Absolutely. We're going to have a whole dedicated uh, podcast episode to donor acquisition through Facebook, um, which will sort of be the culmination of what we talk about today, which is how do we take those people on Facebook, our audience on Facebook, and hopefully convert them to donors. But let's talk a little bit about understanding who your audience is and how do we figure out um, even how to find them on Facebook? Totally. Um, so, you know, the one of the major benefits of Facebook advertising is that ability to discover and reach and target exact audiences. Mm-hmm. It's actually, it's the most targeted form of advertising. You can advertise using the Facebook algorithm to people by age, by interest, by behavior, by location. And if you know your donors or your supporters, you can use Facebook advertising to engage them. Mm-hmm. And this fulfills a dual purpose. One in, you know, engaging your current file, but the second is also if you're looking to diversify your donor base, you know, engage new communities and have a clear feedback loop where your donors, constituents, and supporters can share how they feel about your cause and issue, Facebook is a really good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm sure that you are aware I am a diversity and inclusion fellow with the Association of Fundraising Professionals. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe that Facebook digital fundraising and digital cultivation and stewardship stewardship are the key pieces in moving away from traditional philanthropic trends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we see, you know, the traditional mode of fundraising says 80% of your annual file, uh, your annual revenue is going to come from 20% of your annual file. And statistically in Canada, that's most likely going to be a white Christian woman over the age of 55 who's probably cisgendered, probably heterosexual, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And by using Facebook, we are then presented with an opportunity to engage more equitably with the philanthropic landscape. Mm -hmm. I want to take that down into the nitty gritty a little bit because there's a lot of technical stuff like that goes into this that I think people haven't been exposed to necessarily that much. Um, but it's really powerful when we, when we dive in. So there's, you know, engaging your current audiences, which we talked about, like literally you can take your email list and put it into Facebook and target those people through Facebook ads and online, uh, which is great a lot of people don't know that and they don't do that. So if you're promoting an event or something like that, you're unlikely going to convert people who don't know you, but certainly you can uh, support the other stuff you're, you're sending people by being present to them online. Um, but can you talk a little bit about creating new audiences and almost like the how that happens? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So uh, like you mentioned, uh, custom audience matches are the ability f- in Facebook for you to confidentially and securely upload your donor file or your email list into Facebook and find their corresponding Facebook profiles. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also able to you know, engage current audiences through using uh, a pixel on your website that will allow you to retarget or send ad ads and content to people who have visited your website in the last year. Mm-hmm. You can target anybody who has engaged with your page or with the specific post. 
And if you're someone or an organization who relies quite heavily on event attendees and responses, that is also an audience you can create. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're looking to move beyond this into audiences that, you know, you don't necessarily have a pre-existing link to, Audience Insights is the tool in Ads Manager that shows you data about who is using Facebook. So it can show you the details of your Facebook page followers and can show you the details of everybody in Canada who is using Facebook from an age, gender, relationship status, education level, job role, top categories of interest, page likes, top cities, top countries, top languages, frequency of activities, and device users. So you can see that this really gets very, very granular. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, when I say it shows you this information, it doesn't say Sarah Ali, who lives in Toronto, Ontario. (laughs) It says, I mean, I hope not. Um, Last time I checked, that's not what it said. Um, Same. Great. (laughs) Um, But it will say that, you know, in Toronto, there are X million users who are between the age of blank and blank who are 50%, you know, women identified on Facebook or 50% male identified on Facebook or, you know, another percentage who have not identified anything or have identified something different. Um, And so this data is really, really valuable when, if you come into a process of looking at Facebook advertising with an understanding of who you actually want to reach, what you want them to do, how you want them to do it and where. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this information will refine or shift any strategy you come in with to meet the needs of either your new or current audiences. Yeah. And so let's dive into that even more. <laughs> like this is so foundational, but I really think that um, getting your audience right is really important uh, to make sure that you're investing wisely and not wasting money on Facebook. Um, So can you give some examples of criteria when we're building our audiences? What are the things that you've seen some organizations target to really focus in on a successful audience? Absolutely. Um, So, you know, your, your most successful audiences will be the ones that are behaviorally the most similar to your most engaged audiences on file. Mm -hmm. So if you are a small shop, but you have a good size list of monthly donors, uploading that list into Facebook and creating what we call a Mm lookalike, meaning a group of users on Facebook who meet a behavioral similarity within a 1% deviation of the folks that you uploaded those folks are likely going to be what you would consider to be your warmest or your most convertible audiences because Mm -hmm. they're modeled off the folks who are already engaged with you on your file in the most significant way, that being as a monthly donor. Yeah. And just to, um, again, (laughs) sort of clarify what that means, it's not like you are seeing all of these people who are like your audience. Facebook has you know, a system where they say, okay, these are the things your audience is doing. These are the names you've given us. And we look at the trends of them and then find people that we know, but you don't know who are similar, who have similar trends and behavior. And so it's not giving you a list, but it's certainly you can target and you kind of got to trust that, um, 
there's the right similarities between, you know, those people who are already giving to the ones that Facebook is helping you target. Absolutely. Facebook uses a complex sorting algorithm to correlate the list that you upload and their, for example, their language, their frequency of activities, the device they use, the cities they're in, and provides you with an anonymous pool of potential people to serve your content to. So it would never identify an individual user, but it would provide you with this pool that they it would call a lookalike audience because it looks like the one you uploaded uh, and allow you to target them online uh, in particular ways. Uh, and I and I do I do want to take a moment um, to to talk about you know targeting and what that means, um, especially from a diversity and inclusion perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when a lot of us hear targeting it sounds a bit aggressive. Um, It sounds like you're zeroing in on uh, a person or on an object for a very transactional purpose. Mm -hmm. And we know that that's not what fundraising is. Fundraising is relationship building. It's donor centricity. It's narrative and storytelling. And so when I like to think of, you know, targeting users online, I try to think of it more as engaging new communities. Mm -hmm the pool of people that you're provided with, although anonymous, will be a net new community for you. And by giving them the opportunity to become more aware of your brand, to take an action on your page, or to head to your website and perhaps donate or sign up for a list, this becomes an activity of diversification. And this becomes an activity of really being a more equitable in the way you consider your philanthropic landscape as an organization. hundred percent. Um, and yeah, it's not, um, I mean, the, the diversity perspective is so important, but it's also really important to understand that, you know, we have really limited resources. And when we say targeting, I mean, you understand that if you're putting an ad out in a magazine, you're going to pick the magazine where your donors are more like most likely to be reading. Uh, and the same is true with your Facebook audiences. And in fact, it's much more effective because you're able to better reach people. Um, but understanding that this is really you talking to the people who are most likely to care about the work that you're doing, um, which is phenomenal, right? That's what we all want. And Facebook is such a great and inexpensive way to do that. Absolutely. Um, Uh, And being able to do that in an inexpensive way that allows you to engage new communities or new audiences um, is underscored by Facebook as a tool that's very trackable, measurable, and integrated. Exactly. So, you know, Facebook isn't the kind of platform where you will come out with more questions. There's not a lot of guessing. Mm -hmm. Um, The results that you get are are quite measurable and really easily, uh, easily presented. So you'll see how many times an ad uh, you post has scrolled across someone's screen, how many times someone has clicked it, how many times, for example, if it's a video, they, that video has been watched and for how long on average. And if you get, you know, a little bit more complex with your tracking and measurement infrastructure, you can track conversions on your website through conversion pixels uh, and and use that to change the way you build and run Facebook advertising campaigns, um, at, you know, as part of a larger optimization procedure. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, this is a, a one-on-one chat, so we don't want to get too detailed on that piece, but there's a lot of helpful resources that you can take a look online about Facebook targeting, Facebook tracking, and Facebook optimization. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about your targeting your own audience by importing your email list. We've talked about lookalike audiences. I also know that there's opportunity to uh, reach people based on things like geography. So if you're a really local organization, you can um, advertise to people who are within a kilometer of your location um, and, and geographically based. But I don't know if it's still the case. You can um, target to people who like things that are uh, related to or who like things on Facebook. So for example, if you are an environmental organization uh, or let's say you're a yoga organization, that one's an easy example. Uh, you can uh, target audience audiences who like Lululemon. Uh, is that still the case? Absolutely. Um, it is the case. Uh, one thing that I always try to keep in mind when I do this work uh, and when I engage my clients who are doing this work is that if I've thought of engaging someone who likes Lululemon, yeah. the five other people who also have my job probably yeah. did too. <laughs> yeah. Although, uh, so so it's really a combination of those factors too, right? So you might want to, and Lululemon is just an easy example, but there might be, um, and you could even target people who like other charities that are similar to yours, Uh, you know, the big organizations, if you're a small environmental based organization and you want to target people who like Greenpeace uh, or something like that, um, you could target people who like Greenpeace, but live within a kilometer of your organization. And, you know, if the audience is big enough, it can be a really effective tool for you. So I want to make sure that that's understanding that especially with the big names, there's lots of people targeting those, but combining those factors, I think can really give you um, a a targeted new reach. Absolutely. Um, I am a huge fan of geotargeting and using location uh, to find uh, you like people online who are most likely to convert or get involved Mm -hmm. uh, because the Facebook algorithm is incredibly powerful. And sometimes letting the algorithm do its thing, that is to say, prioritize users who are organically or uh, choosing to make decisions outside of your targeting mechanism. So for example, if everybody in Ontario is getting targeted an ad for Coca-Cola and 20 people click it, Facebook then automatically finds 20 more people that look like those 20 people. Mm-hmm. So geography as a method of broad um, algorithmic targeting is really, really useful. Mm-hmm. And one thing I have used in the past and have found really, really successful is layering in, you know, the value that you believe your organization or your ad provides. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you say, I know that people who like Greenpeace will like me, you can ask your, yourself a larger question. Mm-hmm. It's why do those people like Greenpeace? Is mm-hmm. it because they care about pipeline work? Is it because they care about animals in danger? Mm-hmm. Is it because they, you know, like 
the Earth Ranger program or, or other, you know, youth in, engagement initiatives. And through interest targeting, you can actually then input Earth Rangers, or you can input hiking, or you can input um, anti-pipeline or conservationism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those become interest level categories that you can target and layer onto your Greenpeace audience to then, um, you know, run the, avoid the risk of having an audience that's really highly targeted. Yeah. Yeah. I think the more, so actually, this is a great question, which is like, when you're creating these audiences, they'll kind of give you uh, a sense of the number of people who fit those criteria. What would be an ideal uh, custom audience size for running Facebook ads? So your custom audiences for Facebook to identify them have to be more than 20 people. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it's under 20 people, unfortunately, the custom audience... (laughs) Yeah. You're like, like, I'm targeting these 20 people. That's like when people start hitting Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. Um, absolutely. So Facebook just simply won't allow you to upload a list of less than 20 people and tell you what they like or what their ages are, et cetera. Um, so my, you know, the larger the sample size, the better the data as is with programming or fundraising or, or really anything in this regard. Um, but if you are an organization with a small list size, you can get away with a couple hundred folks on a list. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you can get away with uploading your, 50 monthly donors and your 200 annual givers and your 1,000 people on your list um, and create three separate custom audiences at three different levels of engagement that you can create lookalike ads, uh, you can create lookalike audiences for and target ads to based on the level of the engagement of the folks you up, uh, you uploaded. Stop the podcast just for a second. I just wanted to take a second to remind our listeners uh, who may not know that this uh, podcast is brought to you by The Good Partnership and Charity Village. So a lot of people don't know that both of our organizations are deeply committed to making sure that there are tons of great resources available to small nonprofits in our sector. And so I want you to take a minute to go and access some of those great free resources. For The Good Partnership, you can visit thegoodpartnership.com and specifically on our homepage or visit thegoodpartnership.com slash guide, you can download a free resource that outlines all different kinds of fundraising strategies you might want to consider for your organization. And for charityvillage.com, there's so many webinars and of course the podcast, um, articles, the list is endless. And of course you can post jobs there, volunteer positions, uh, posting is free. So make sure that you are checking out both websites to deepen your learning and continue to access great free stuff. Great tips, Cindy. Now on the podcast. Um, I want to talk a little bit about objective and then I want to come back into some of the like how to set up ads manager and all of that. But let's talk about, you know, now that we understand who we are talking to, I think it's important to understand why. Can you tell us a little bit about what objectives are and how they work in Facebook advertising? Absolutely. Um, So Facebook advertising is structured on three levels. The top level is, as you mentioned, your campaign objective, 
which is really what you choose, what you'll choose um, to decide what you want your ad and audience to achieve. So in the platform itself, you can choose objectives of three different types. One, awareness. Two, consideration. Or three, conversion. And if you are used to referencing marketing funnels, this will sound super familiar to you. Mm. Awareness objectives are the, the really this very top level folks who don't really know much about you, if anything at all. And so the purpose of selecting an awareness objective in Facebook advertising would be to build that brand awareness and increase the reach of your organization. So really increasing that number of unique people who have seen your content. Mm-hmm. Um, that acts, that objective acts as an introduction to your organization. And if you pair it with a larger engagement strategy, becomes a really great first step to engaging new audiences, uh, cultivating them and eventually converting them into donation. Mm-hmm. So the second type of objective is the consideration objective. That includes things like sending traffic to your website, increasing engagement on a post or on your page, your Facebook page in total, encouraging app installs. So if you are an organization that has, you know, an app associated with it, this is something you can use for that Uh, or video views lead generation or really getting folks to communicate directly with you on Facebook messenger. Mm-hmm. So we see this these consideration objectives as kind of the middle of the journey. Uh, it's people who already know who you are uh, and probably know a little bit about what you do. And they're starting to think, hey, I want to learn more. So in this objective, uh, in this objective stream, they may go visit your website to learn more. Or you may ask them to comment on your post or on your page or like your page. So they can get more updates. Uh, get them to watch that video, sign up for a list, etc. And this is a really important objective to choose for those audiences that you're hoping to convert slightly later down the line. And the third objective that you'll have in Facebook advertising is the conversion objective. So this would be really that final stage uh, in what you might call your marketing funnel. So this could look like donations or signups to your email list or registrations to an event that you're holding. Um, And you can really shape these and decide these based upon the needs of your program and based on the needs of your organization. I worked with uh, an organization that was looking to um, get folks to sign petitions in order to build their list, but also to perform advocacy uh, and so that conversion objective that they chose was signups and registrations. Yeah. Um, but that'll be different. That'll be different for every organization. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, once we start combining those objectives with the audience, I think we start to see a more a clearer picture of how this can be useful for your organization beyond just like, let's boost a post, right? So it's, you know, different audiences might have different objectives and you can run a bunch of different Facebook ads at any given time, right? Um, And so creating that discovery for that might be your um, lookalike audience who you want them to do the early engagement, 
uh, versus like conversion might be your actual email list. And, you know, there's everything in between. So I, I think that those two, to me, are the most important factors when we're thinking about uh, Facebook advertising before you even think about what the ad looks like, right? Totally. I like to think of, you know, Facebook advertising the way we would consider any other method of fundraising or marketing or programming, meaning that it needs a strategy. Uh, And in order to build that strategy, you have to ask yourself and your team key questions that to build that strategy. So the questions that I think are the most important for this are your typical WH5. So who, where, when, what, why, and how. So that breaks down into who is your audience? Where are they viewing the content? So is that on Facebook and is that in a particular place on Facebook? When will they see it? What will they see? Why will they care or click or donate or watch the video? And how will we know that they did it? So you can then slot the answers to this question into almost like a purpose statement that guides the entire campaign. Mm -hmm. That purpose statement becomes a person, so who, is viewing your content, so what, in a specific environment, so where, to fulfill a need they have, why, by taking a specific action, how. And once you have that statement figured out, you are so ready to embark on a process of Facebook advertising. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about actually setting up ad, ad managers, I just want to de- dive a little bit deeper into the, what you said or how you said, which is to fulfill a need they have, I think is a really important insight around people's behavior online. Um, can you talk a little bit about framing these, even though we have clear objectives for for what kind of behavior we want people to take, how do we frame it around their fulfilling the needs that they have? Absolutely. Um, so it goes back to the value proposition of your organization and of your specific campaign. And a need that your donors or your users have is a pain point or a problem that they want to solve that your organization and engaging with your organization helps them solve. Mm -hmm. So really understanding what uh, that problem is or what that pain point is allows you to create value and solve problems for your user. So having a really clear idea of what your value proposition is will help you create more value uh, and create Um, copy and create advertising and campaigns that answer those questions. So for example, if, you know, you are a, an organization that provides housing uh, or housing needs to the precariously housed or to folks who experience homelessness, your, the problem that your user might face is I feel upset when I walk down the street in the winter and I see someone without a coat or I see someone sitting. And so the the advertising you create should alleviate or should provide an answer to that problem. Mm-hmm. So it should say something or provide value such that it says, 
we provide coats or you provide coats to folks who need coats in the winter um, and you know you solve this problem. Mm-hmm. And at every step of your of your marketing and of your fundraising, creating value for your user and for your donor is so key. Absolutely. I think we cannot say that enough. So thank you. I want to wrap up. We're running out of time, but I do want to wrap up with understanding, you know, maybe you have a a Facebook page for your organization, maybe not, but how do you go and create the, like set up your ads manager to be able to do all of these things? Absolutely. Um, So if you haven't done any Facebook advertising before, you will have to set up a Facebook page and your ad account in Facebook Ads Manager. So Ads Manager can be found at facebook.com slash ads slash manager. And it is where you will manage every aspect of your advertising experience. So there's a lot here. You will find essential tools, menus, and buttons. And I really do encourage you to take some time and play around once you get in there. Mm-hmm. Now, automatically, you will have a default advertising account associated with your personal Facebook profile. You want to make sure that the profile you use to set up your nonprofit's Facebook advertising account is an administrator on your Facebook page or ensure that you create your Facebook page prior to this process and ensure that you have administrative access. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just won't have a place to advertise from. <laughs> In this default account in Ads Manager, you want to select the menu at the top left corner and choose settings to ensure that you can input your account name and business name. That way, when you're running ads, it doesn't say coming out of Sarah Ali or coming out of Cindy Wegman. It will say coming out of nonprofit XYZ. Mm -hmm. There, you can fill in your nonprofit's name, address, and charitable registration number if you have it. And this will really help you later. If you decide to test out or try Facebook's native fundraising platform, which, Cindy, I know you'll be bringing someone on to talk about uh, another day. And so, obviously, we won't get into that during this podcast, but once you're set up, you should play around and see what works for you, for your constituents, and for your donors. Once you've filled in these nonprofit details, you can also invite your team members to administrate the advertising account that you've just created. There are a ton of different permission settings you can use, but I definitely recommend the admin role for anyone on your team who will need to be hands-on in the account. Otherwise, you may end up in situations in which you need to adjust billing or you need to adjust copy or you need to deploy a new set of ads and the person you've asked to do it or the person that's been delegated that responsibility just doesn't have the access. Mm-hmm. So once you've set in your, put in your details uh, for your new nonprofit account, uh, you should add a payment method. You'll see the option to update your payment settings on the left column. And if you are worried about limiting your spend, especially if it's your first time setting up a Facebook ad campaign, you might want to set an account spending limit here. Um, that just makes sure that you never have that middle of the night moment where you wake up in a cold sweat and say, oh, did I spend the whole budget in one day? The answer is no, you set a limit. (laughs) Very important. Once you're happy with the account settings and billings, you move into researching your audience. Um, So, you know, we chatted a bit about the audience insights tool. You can find that again in that same menu uh, at the top left corner of your ads manager homepage. Um, where you can just select audience insights. Mm 
Um, there you can look at data um, about who is following your Facebook page, who is using Facebook, uh, and compare those against your current donor or audience research to help you plan your campaigns and create ads that really do create that value. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you come into this process with some predetermined knowledge about who your list is, you may actually discover during this process that you have an audience you never thought you did. So I always, you know, I always like to say, if you're, if you say your list is predominantly white women over 55 who love dogs, you might actually discover that you have an audience of millennial men who care about climate change and cats. Yeah. <laughs> this, you know, this serves those larger organizational needs, um, helping you do better fundraising, marketing, and programming. Once you have set up your ad account, you have played around in audience insights and decided who you're going to target you can actually go into creating your first campaign. You start at that top level, which is the campaign objective, where you choose between, remember we said awareness, Mm -hmm. consideration, or conversion. The second level you will move to is the ad set. This is where you'll use those audience insights and that audience conversation that we had to determine who you want to target where on Facebook or Instagram, because these two platforms are linked, Mm -hmm. how much you want to spend and how long you want the campaign to run. And again, if you haven't made those decisions yet, definitely take the time to think carefully about these things before you, you know, before you decide to try something. Mm -hmm. You want to know if your audience matches your objective. For example, a monthly donor doesn't need an awareness ad because they already know and love you. But someone who has never heard your name might be less likely to become a monthly donor from just seeing an ad on Facebook. (laughs) Also, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it it happens. It definitely happens. Um, But it's, it's less, uh, it's less likely than that, than the other way around. (laughs) It's certainly not cost effective. (laughs) No, not even a little bit. Um, You know, the other questions you can ask yourself around timing. So does the timing of this campaign or my embarking on Facebook advertising coincide with the rest of my content calendar? with an important day of the month or with the news cycle. And the, you know, the one thing that will really help is if you're really budget driven, how much are you willing to pay to achieve your objective with that audience? Mm -hmm. So for example, if you want to, if you want to get donors um, to, if you want to have folks donate on Facebook, you might ask yourself, okay, my average gift size for an annual donor is $50 and that person may stay on for five years. It's then that you can start to weigh out your initial cost per acquisition or per donation with your file long-term value and make really smart budgeting decisions. Mm-hmm. And then the final level, once you've done asked those questions, answered them, and inputted that data into the ad set level is the ad itself. Um, there are six types of ads, but for the purpose of 101, I only want to chat about three. Uh, and those are single image, single video, and carousel. Mm-hmm. So single image ads include uh, about 125 characters of text plus a headline and a link description and include a call to action button like donate, sign up, or send message. If you have ever scrolled through your newsfeed and seen an ad that isn't moving, it's likely a single image standard ad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it, they're cost effective. Uh, they're really easy to test and try out uh, in your first go. Uh, and I would definitely recommend starting with a single image ad. 
Can we take a second and just um, mention that those images cannot have that much text on them? Absolutely. Yeah, because I think uh, people want to throw on an image with like lots of information within the image. Facebook does not like that. Uh, they want like a really compelling image almost on its own. I think you can have, I can't remember the percentage of the the space can have some text, but really uh, the text comes in the uh, it's not called the description, but in the in the copy for the ad, not in the image. Absolutely. Um, you want to keep most, if not all, of your text in your headline, link description, and ad copy. Uh, and unfortunately, because Facebook really does prioritize imagery over text uh, in the single image ads, if your image has more than 30% coverage of text, uh, so one about one-third of your image is if more than one third of your image is text, it will get flagged and taken down. Yeah. Um, so especially if you have a really time sensitive campaign, um, you know, I just, uh, I just helped out with a campaign for international women's day. That was a one day campaign. And if that had been flagged, um, it would have been really disastrous. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, the, another thing to really experiment and play with are video ads. Um, the Facebook algorithm definitely prioritizes video content. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that grabs attention within two to three seconds. Uh, and Facebook uh, video ad options do range from short mobile video ads all the way up to really long promoted videos for desktop. Mm-hmm. That being said, I would recommend keeping any videos under six seconds if possible. Wow. So, and I know, I know that that does not sound like a lot at all. Um, and I've tested video ads from six seconds to 15 seconds to 30 seconds. And time and time again, we find that the rule that we see in direct mail, which is it, you know, a, a person picks up a piece of mail and in three seconds decides whether or not they'll open it rings the same for video advertising. Wow. In the yeah. first three seconds, a person decides that they're going to keep watching. I love that insight. There you go. Behavioral psychology. (laughs) Uh, And then the last one. Oh, pardon me. Yes. I was going to say, and then the final uh, type. Yeah. So carousel ads, um, which allow you to include up to 10 images or videos, each with their own link and all in one ad. Mm -hmm. So this works really well to showcase different features of your programming, explain a step-by-step process, or tell a story. You can provide multiple images that take your donor or your audience or your user on a journey from the first image to the last that that sends a compelling story and makes that uh, call to action so much stronger. Mm -hmm. I recently read an article about digital storytelling through imagery um, by uh, someone who is really innovating in that space. And they spoke about how carousel ads might be the single best way to digitally storytell within the Facebook platform. Uh, so take that as, as you will and test there it out. Go, yeah. And I'd love to hear back uh, from folks who list, who are listening, um, whether it works for them. Amazing. We have covered so much. Uh, I know people are going to be listening to this over and over again, hopefully with their Facebook ad account open and they can follow along. Sarah, where can people get more information about uh, you and the work that you do? Absolutely. Uh, So you can find me on Twitter at at Sarah Ali Digital 
or also at LinkedIn. My handle there is also Sarah Lee Digital. I work for an organization called Mobilization Lab. So that's mobilizationlab.org. And we provide uh, advocacy, fundraising, and campaign organizations across the world with design thinking and digital transformation uh, resources, workshops, and trainings. So if you want to, you know, take that next step, that's always a really great place to look for resources. Fabulous. I also want to shout out to uh, the fellowship. Do you want to tell people where they can learn more about that? Absolutely. Um, I am a member of the AFP, uh, Association of Fundraising Professionals, Diversity and Inclusion Fellowship, uh, which you can find online at inclusivegiving.org. It is a fellowship meant to empower young, diverse fundraisers who are making waves in the sector. Uh, And as I come to this work as, you know, a woman of color from a Muslim family um, that has, you know, has has experienced a number of different intersecting oppressions in my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so having the opportunity to have a fellowship like this and really push our sector uh, towards more equitable philanthropy is Mm -hmm. so amazing. Absolutely. Sarah, thank you again. And thanks to everyone for tuning in. Well, folks, that's it for today's episode of The Small Nonprofit. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and this show is brought to you by The Good Partnership. As a reminder, if you want more resources around raising more money for your small nonprofit, visit thegoodpartnership.com and download our free fundraising strategy guide. I'll see you next week. Thank you.